Hi, and welcome to Comchurch Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray that it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk that you're about to hear. Good morning. Are we all right? Good, good. We're um, in a season, we've just started a season that Julian started last week, which is called The Writings on the Wall. And we're going to be looking at all of the com words that you see around us, uh, all the things that sum up why we're here in Dunstable today, with the point of us being here. And uh, you can see that today I've been given communication. You know, I asked my hubby this morning if he remembered what day it was today. Um, it's amazing how easily you can scare men, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, um, I'd like you to turn, please, to Hebrews chapter 1. And it's verses 1 and 2. And I'm reading from the Passion Translation, which is just opening up new things to me. I don't know if any of you have found this translation, but you just see things in a new light. So I'd like to read you from from this translation. It says, Throughout our history, God has spoken to our ancestors by his prophets in many different ways. The revelation he gave them was only a fragment at a time, building one truth upon another. But to us living in these last days, God now speaks to us openly in the language of a son, the appointed heir of everything. For through him, God created the panorama of all things and all time. Just note that repetition there. We've got prophets. We've got many times throughout history, many different ways. You know, God wants to communicate with us. But he speaks now in the language of his son. You know, Jesus is God's last word. The complete, eternal, the perfect way to communicate. All that we need to know, all that we see to learn to live as God's children in this broken world, we can find in the son. And you know, there are so many voices competing for our attention, aren't there? The TV, social media, newspapers, adverts, phone calls, uh, the internet. I mean, everyone's trying to compete. But God's perfect word, Jesus, is all that we need. In Matthew 18, verse 20, famous scripture, you all know it. um, Where two or three are gathered, I will be with you. Yeah. what he didn't say in that bit was there will be communication problems. You know, when, whenever we've got more than two people, more than one person, there are always communication problems, aren't there? You know, whether it's in church, in my classroom, uh, in your workplace, in your family, there's all sorts of problems. And it might be that someone hasn't listened properly. So just, just going to eyeball my children over there. It might be not understanding, um, not recognizing sarcasm, which is another language I speak, and I'm really sorry about that, people. Um, It might be that people have missed parts of a conversation, or they've just made assumptions. There's so many people also just sweep things under the carpet and don't actually deal with the issues. There was an American food company who started to branch out, and they started making products in Africa, and they were creating baby food. And uh, just like their packaging in, in America, they put little cute babies on the label. 
what they didn't realize was they, they were like, why isn't this, this not selling? It's sold so well in America. And what they didn't realize is many people in Africa couldn't read. And so what they would do is they would put a picture of whatever was in the jar on the label so you knew what you were buying. Um, <laughs> um, also, the, the Vauxhall Nova really sold badly in some countries, particularly Spain. You see, Nova means won't go in, uh, in Spanish. It's really important that we understand others, isn't it, as part of communication. You know, it's the number one reason why people get divorced. There's a story about a couple who were going through problems, and they decided that they would give each other the silent treatment. Anyone tried this? <coughs> Uh, anyway, they were, giving, they were giving the silent treatment to each other. Then the husband realised, oh no, I need to get up at five o'clock because I've got a really early flight. Um, but, oh, well, stubborn as he was, and he was thinking, I cannot lose by being the first person to talk. So he wrote a note to her and said, please wake me at five o'clock in the morning. Well, the man woke at 7am and was furious because he'd missed his flight, furious with his wife, then he spotted a piece of paper by his pillow. It's 5 a.m., wake up. <laughs> you know, there, there were um, a load of mental health um, people that were professionals who were surveyed about divorce and about marriage and, and communication. And 65% of divorces are because of a communication issue. They, um, they say, though, that there are different complaints from men and women the um, men complained, I can't believe this, ladies, the men complained that there was nagging and complaining in the house. I do not believe this one. I don't believe it. And um, what women complained about, their top complaint, was that their, their husbands didn't validate them, um, didn't validate their opinions or their feelings. Well, but it's going to start by looking at communication with each other and then look at communication with God. It's actually a massive topic. And um, uh, thank you for agreeing to stay here for the three hours. And uh, I hope you... <laughs> I'm going to try and do a whistle-stop tour through like the whole Bible about communication. So my first point is that as we communicate, we need to be building others up. Our words have power, don't they? People have been destroyed by the words spoken over them. People have poor self-image because of those words. They might have uh, lost their jobs over words that have been spoken. They may even lost a, 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 have lost a loved one. And it's time that we are accountable for the words that come out of our mouths. We've got to examine how we communicate with people. No filthy communication should be coming out of a Christian's mouth as it says in Colossians 3.8, if you like to turn to that. Colossians 3.8. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander. Gosh, that was just the football yesterday, wasn't it? The slander, <laughs> filthy language from your lips. Now, James also speaks... Um, really clearly on this subject in James 1 and um, verse 19. My dear brothers, please take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because, you know, we say stupid things when we're upset, don't we? We say things that we don't mean and they just come out, or we've, we've kept it in, and then we just blurt it out because we are angry. And when we're angry, we're not showing God's love. 
whether it's to a family member, whether it's to one of your church brothers and sisters or a colleague or a stranger, we've got to make sure our conversation is littered with love because otherwise we might be damaging our testimony and the testimony of Jesus. You know, sometimes, sometimes we need a, a bit of a vent. I'm a, I'm a girl. I like to have a good old whinge every now and again. Um, but we, we've got to be careful with what is coming out and how often we're doing that. Um, I'm going to speak to you girls because I know we also love a bit of gossip, don't we? And uh, we, we, we've got to be really careful. I mean, I'm, I must confess to you, I love it when someone goes, will you pray for me? I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> I love what you're going to tell me. Um, but I, my old self would have gone and passed that on to someone. I'm, I'm going to confess to you. But my new self desperately, desperately tries to to keep that inside and, and actually pray for you. But we've got to be careful that we're not slating our husbands and our wives um, with our words, that we're not, we're not bad-mouthing our children, we're not bad-mouthing other people in the church. What comes out of our mouths has got to be life-building and not destroying. Let's, let's start being aware of what's in our hearts. You see, you know, sooner or later, the condition of your heart is going to come out in your words. You're going to speak it out. You know, um, I love to be really funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite hilarious, uh, just saying, uh, quite witty. You, everyone thinks it's Rob that's the funny one. Guys, it's me. I'm the funny one. I'm, I'm, I'm the whip. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Here's the thing, though. In my quest to be really funny, I'm horrible. I can be really mean because my brain thinks really fast. And I'm already thinking about what funny thing I can say about what you've just said. And, and I've hurt people. And, and I'm going to stand here and I'm going to say sorry. There's someone in particular who, who will know exactly what I mean because I'm so funny. <laughs> but I'm mean. So I'm really sorry that in my quest to be hilarious, I've, I might have hurt you. I'm, I'm sorry about that. You see, Jesus reminded the Pharisees in Matthew 12, 34, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, our hearts are desperately wicked, right? If we're filled with ungodliness, it will eventually come out in our speech, no matter how hard you try and restrain that. James, in um, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, oh, he's, he's quite strict about this, guys. Get ready for a, a telling off from James. Here we go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil amongst the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Okay, that, I didn't say that. that that's, that's scripture, guys. There are other tongues of fire, of course, aren't there? The Holy Spirit, tongues of fire in Acts chapter 2. That's the sort of tongue on fire that we need. We do not need to be sparking off horrible comments about others. First challenge, what fire is igniting your tongue today? Okay, my second point is about our communication. And it's in our communication, we've got to be quick to listen. Ooh, she's going in. Communication is more than talking. I've got some friends, they don't realise this. They just talk at me. And they don't realise that someone else should be able to talk in that conversation. It's, it's our ability to listen. It's not a skill that many find easy. Uh, in that same um, James 1.19 scripture, uh, it said, we've got to be quick to listen, quick to do it. 
There are lots of people who are really good at hearing, but they're not actually listening. I'm sorry, darling, but I'm going to use you as a primary example. My lovely hubby, right? He is great. He is great. He has the most amazing ability. Some of you have, have had this. He will smile at you when you're talking. He'll nod. Mm. He'll do some... some mm-hmm. mm. He might even repeat a bit of the conversation back to you. You're like, he's totally heard me. And he hasn't got a clue what you have said. It is, it is quite an ability. Um, sorry, darling. <laughs> Uh, what? Yes, you see, you see. I have to live it. 19 years I've done, 19. Anyway, does it annoy you as well when you're trying to talk and someone just keeps coming in? <gasps> that annoys me. When they just jump in and they think they know everything, they think they can answer you and they don't know what you're talking about. Now, Proverbs 29, verse 20 says, There's only one kind of person worse than a fool the impetuous one who speaks without thinking first. Ooh. You know, we've got, to be, we've got to be good at listening. Don't speak until you've got something good to say. My mum used to say, if you can't say anything nice at all, Sarah, don't say anything at all. But you know what? She's actually right. We, we shouldn't open our mouths without knowing that what's going to come out is good stuff. See, quiet, patient listening involves humility. It shows that you realize you don't have all the answers. It tells others that you value them. You value their thoughts and you value their opinions. You know, the kids in my class, I can, I can tell them the whole task. I do a really good introduction because I'm really funny, as you found out earlier. So I teach them and, uh, and I go, do you everyone understand? You know, I might have done it a few ways you know, with prompts, with showing them. Everyone understand? Good. Off you go. Oh, yes, Johnny, what's the matter? What are we doing? Oh, need to be able to listen. You know, we need to be waiting patiently when others talk. God, help me not to speak vain, useless words. Make that your prayer as well. You know, the quieter we are, the more we're going to hear from God and we're going to be able to hear others. Stop talking all the time. I just feel like someone's got to get that today. Stop talking all the time. Learn to listen. Proverbs 18 and verse 13 says, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. You know, some people, they jump to premature conclusions because they haven't listened to the whole thing. Often we start rehearsing a response, don't we? And while they're talking, like, okay, what am I going to say back? And we start to rehearse it and it sounds really good. And we just jump in without actually listening. Or maybe we start to interrupt others while they're speaking. Oh, you know, the human mind, it, it thinks four times as fast as the person doing the talking. So you already are thinking um, of, of a way to come back. But of course, the most important communication, as Julian reminded us earlier, in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, the Great Commission. We need to be communicating the gospel of Jesus to this broken world. We've got to examine our communication, the form of it sometimes, the tone of it. We shouldn't allow the safety of a computer screen or a phone screen to make us say bad things. If we're communicating anger or hatred or disdain, we've got to be really careful because that isn't godly. Careful with your body language. Careful with your facial expression. Someone knows if you're bored. Someone knows they can see it in your face. Tell your face to look interested. 
So you at least pretend you care, people. You know, I, um, I speak some different languages. I can speak French and, and I speak some German. I can read a bit of Spanish. But I have to tell you, I am completely fluent, apart from English, in speaking woman. Oh, yes. Yes, you know, it's a whole other language, isn't it, guys? And I'm going to give you some tips, boys, because you're at a bit of a disadvantage as half of the church are women. Okay, here's the first word I'm going to tell you the real meaning of, okay? When she says, fine, (laughs) oh, she's not fine. Oh, actually, this word shows she has won. Mm -hmm. You see, um, she doesn't want you to come back with any comeback. If you hear fine, end of conversation. Okay, okay, another tip for you, boys. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, she is not okay. That is not okay. Um, She's actually thinking long and hard about how you will be punished. So, So that's okay. That isn't okay. Okay, my last little tip for you guys. Here's the last one. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, oh, boys, boys, this is a dare. <laughs> this is not permission. Alert, alert. This is not permission. Do not go ahead. Okay, just thought that some of you might, might need to know this today. Okay, my third point today is that your life communicates with the world. Your life communicates a message to the world. The greatest way you communicate isn't actually about your words. It's not about what you've typed. It's the way that you behave. It's the way that you act. Your actions speak louder than your voice ever will. You know, saying to someone, oh, I'll pray for you, isn't enough. This is not enough. We need to show that we love people, that we care for people by the way that we behave. That Colossians um, 3 scripture I read to you earlier continues. Um, It's 3 verses 8 to 11. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. You've taken off your old self with its practices and you've put on a new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. You know, it's been said that the biggest reason that people don't want to become Christians is because of Christians. Ah! We're also the biggest reason people do become Christians, of course, because we're going to tell them. But the biggest reason people say, I'm not interested, is because of how unchristian Christians can be. They see the way that we treat each other. People are looking, people are looking at the way you are living your lives, guys. As children of God, we're supposed to have space in our hearts to care about others. We're meant to give more grace because of the grace that we've received. That Colossian scripture, it continues in verses 12 and 13. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have with one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. I love buying new clothes. I've had a few compliments about my number today. Primani girls, Primani. Um, I love buying new clothes, but you know what? I don't like throwing my old ones away. 
my wardrobe is huge because I've got stuff that once fitted and one day I will get back into it. I've got stuff that, just in case I get fat again, I better not throw that away. So I've got all those clothes. And I've got like the, the ones that, like Rob is like, you're not wearing that, are you? Yeah, what's wrong with it? I've got my old clothes because I love them. I've still got clothes I wore in 1990. I can, I can still fit into some of those clothes. And I like them and I, I don't want to throw them away. But they're comfortable and they're familiar. And that's what sin is. It's ugly and it, we shouldn't be wearing it but it's comfortable and it's familiar. You know, in short, we've got to stop getting stroppy when things don't go our way. We've got to realise that it's all right to want things, but you know what? We can't have everything. We've got to realise that sometimes other people need to get their way as well. You know, we need to go through our spiritual closets and throw away many of the items that do not fit a Christian life, that do not show a Christian heart. Matthew 7, 16, by their fruit you will recognise them. People need to see Jesus in you. They need to see Jesus in me. I don't know if you saw how Japan left the World Cup. I was really impressed. The fans, after they left, they got bags and they tidied up the stadium. They put things away. They cleaned everything. The guys, the actual team themselves in the changing rooms, they cleared everything and then they left a thank you note. Guys, that's different. That's what we're called to do. I'm not saying you've got to be a cleaner, but it would be nice if you took your rubbish home. But it's, this is not about being clean, but it is about having a clean heart. And we, need to be, we need to be different to the world. It's so easy to be seen as unchristian in our actions because we're still in the world. You know, let's not pretend that you know, we're in heaven already. And those traits are still within us. The difference is, though, that while we are still capable of feeling and acting this way, we are able to receive his forgiveness. And he can give us a strength to turn it around. You know, you might put on a really good show at church. Oh, I'm, I'm going in, going in, really strapping. You might put on a really good show at church, but it's what goes on behind closed doors that actually shows the condition of your heart. The real us emerges at home. How are you treating your family? How are you treating your loved ones? Christian abuse still happens. Don't you go singing hallelujahs on a Sunday and then go and beat your wife on a Monday. Don't go pretending that everything's all right and putting on a church face in front of us and then treating your, your non-Christian friends in a bad way. How, you, how do you share God's love with your children, your neighbours? We're meant to be different. You know, even Jesus, through all the trials, he, he was fighting this emotional battle and he kept silent. He, he, knew, he knew what it was to resist sin. So next challenge, what message is your life communicating for the world? And my fourth and last point, I see some of you are going, oh, yes, she's nearly done. This is a really long point, sorry. Okay, number four, God wants to communicate with us. Yay, yay. This is great. There are so many religions out there whose God does not care about them. They just, they go through motions and they go through rituals to please this God, but they don't believe that God still wants to talk to them. Your God does. Our God wants to talk to you. He wants to love you. He wants you to talk back to him. There are two main ways that God can communicate with us. Uh, loads, but two main ways. 
through his word and through his Holy Spirit. Romans 10 verse 17, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. And then the Holy Spirit, John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Obviously, we've just done our big Life in the Spirit series. Did you love that? Do you feel closer to God because of it? Amazing. So God wants to speak to you through your word, through his word, the Bible, and to equip you. In um, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16, it says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. In order to fully understand God's communication with us, we've got to be diligent to read it and study it and memorize it, and get it in us, and meditate on his word. You know, when we try and shortcut that process by just getting a meme on Facebook and thinking that that's enough, that's, that's not biblical. That's unscriptural. If, you just want, if you're just getting your word here on a Sunday from the person speaking it, and you're not finding it out for yourself, it's time to go and change. If, you're, if you are just calling people up because you want a word from God, hey, you can get your own word from God. It's that clever and it's that easy. 1,189 chapters, 31,101 verses, 6,468 commands, 3,268 fulfilled prophecies already. And here's the bit I love. 1,260 promises, all for me and all for you. 1,260. Isn't God good? You know, there's a saying, isn't there? Dusty Bibles make for dirty lives. Uh, I bought myself a new Bible because I I really loved it when um, Leanne and Rowanna did the the creative corner. Was anyone there? I bought myself a journaling Bible. I've been doing some art, loving getting a little bit bit creative. But... um, it's pretty right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, God will speak to you through his word. There's a, there's a great quote that Gandhi said, the Hindu, Gandhi, please listen to this. You Christians look after a document comp- containing enough dynamite to blow all civilization to pieces, to turn the world upside down and bring people to a battle-torn, sorry, bring peace to a battle-torn planet that you treat it as though it's nothing but a piece of literature. He knows it. He knows it. You might be in a situation where you're just thinking, I don't know how I'm ever going to get out of this. The enemy might have told you that you're never going to make it. Here's the thing. You've been, when you think about it, you've been in situations like it before. And you've got through, because here you are today. You've been, we've been through it. God didn't ever promise, sorry, the promise isn't, you're going to have a really peaceful life and everything's going to be amazing. But he did say, when you go through the rubbish stuff, I'm with you. I'm going to help you through it. He will give you the wisdom that you need. Let God talk to you through his word. Get yourself some quiet time. And just absorb and, and just hear God through his word. The other way that God communicates is through the Holy Spirit, as we found out in that brilliant series. The function of the Holy Spirit's communication with us, one of the main things is to convict us of sin. And it's not very fun, that bit, is it? So we, don't like, we don't like conviction because it, it irritates. 
but there's purpose in that pain because it's going to make you into a, a better person, into a new creation. In John 16, uh, verses 7 to 11, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation. But here's the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the divine encourager will not be released to you. But after I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will expose sin and prove that the world is wrong about God's righteousness and his judgments. Sin, because they refuse to believe in who I am. God's righteousness, because I'm going back to join the Father and you'll see me no longer. And judgment, because the ruler of this dark world has already received his sentence. God is faithful to help you through the mess that you've made in your sin. Whatever, the, whatever you've got yourself in, he's faithful to help you through it. You might be in there longer than you want. You might be in that mess longer than you planned. If there's a God, why doesn't he stop this? Sometimes he needs to teach us a lesson. Sometimes he needs to teach us not to do it again. But while you're in the mess, don't go talking faith on Sunday and then on a Monday to, to Saturday speaking doubt and fear to your, to your, unchristian, your non-Christian friends, to, your, to unbelieving friends. His role is also to guide us in all truth. John 16, verse 13 says, But when the truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak his own message, but only what he hears from the Father, and he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. When Jesus went away, he promised to send the Spirit to comfort, console, and guide everyone, all of you who belong to Christ. The Spirit also bears witness to our spirits that we belong to him and thereby assures us of our salvation. And the Spirit communicates to God the Father on our behalf, interceding for us in the throne room. Guys, if you don't speak in tongues and you want to, it's, it's a brilliant, amazing gift that God's given us to go straight into the throne room. If you want to speak in tongues, by the way, do, do come up later on. You see, Romans 8, 26 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes through wordless groans. And of course, our primary way to communicate with God is through prayer. And we're to go to God for all of our needs. James 4, 2-3. You desire, but you do not have so you kill and you cover, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Now, when we lack something, God says it's not from his inability to provide. He's our Jehovah Jireh. He, he's our great provider. But it might be our lack of diligence or care, or it could be that we're asking with the wrong motives. Jesus himself prayed regularly. You know, obviously, he had limitations as, as a human, um, in human form. No longer able to communicate face-to-face -face with God as in heaven, he prayed fervently to establish that intimate communication with the Father. And, and we're to follow that example, to pray continually, as 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says. I remember the, the very first time I prayed out loud, and, and it took a, a lot of guts. I was 18 when I became a Christian, and uh, I, I used to love going to the prayer meetings, but I would just sit really quietly and let them all do it and kind of watch. 
And one day I thought, I need to pray for the men. I felt a real, I, I want to pray for those men. They're going to be real men. I'm going to pray a really great prayer over them. So there was a bit, moment of quiet in the prayer meeting. <laughs> it's my bit. It's my turn. So I did. Dear Lord, I want to pray for our men. I kid you not, the whole lot of the people went, Amen. That was the end of my first prayer. I want to pray for. Amen. Anyway, it, when, uh, if you haven't prayed out loud... Try praying with everybody else when, when we have some corporate prayer. Give it a go. Hear your own voice. Okay? It's really powerful. We've talked about the power of our words. Pray. Give it a go. But can I just speak to people that, that pray the massive long prayers? They're a bit scary. A bit scary. They, they can put people off, guys. When we use these big flamboyant words, people that, that are just starting out in their faith feel a little bit put off. There's a, a lot of people, not in this church, but there's a, a lot of people who, who like to pray the big prayers because they want to impress people. But when we pray to impress people, we're going to lose that intimacy with God. We're going to lose that secret place with God. We can, be, we can be simple with Jesus. You don't have to. You can just go to your room, Jesus. Just go to your room. But if, you, if you're going to pray, let's, let's pray meaningful prayers for him and not for others. Don't be distracted by anyone who tells you what you're praying for is impossible. Oh, your God is the God of impossibilities. He loves doing miracles. Help, ask him to help you see the treasure in that trial that you're going through. You see, you release your faith when you pray in faith. Don't talk fear. Don't talk unbelief or doubt over your life. But remember, you're not alone you see, you were saved to be part of a body. And if you need anything, we will happily pray for you. Please come and if you want to come at the end, if, you, if there's prayer for anything that you want, we will happily, and I mean happily, pray for you. We can also, of course, enjoy intimacy with God in our worship. And uh, I, I love singing, but you know, um, I've been being a Christian for 20, 20, ooh, 21 years. That's a long time. Um, and you get a bit stagnant. So I've recently started going to the signing com, uh, which is here on a Wednesday. Quick plug for Sue, 6.15 till 7.15 on a, on a Wednesday here. And it's great. It's really opened up my eyes to, to what the meaning of these words. Sometimes we can sing and they, they're just words. But um, I've, I've really been moved by this new way of communication. So I want to teach you a few signs and then we're going to see if we can put them into a song. Okay, so um, um, Bobby. Okay, right, here's the first one. It's a nice, easy one, and it's God. So you're going to go three fingers up, and then grab your other hand to hold those three fingers, and then take them out, and then go one. Isn't that clever? Three in one is the, is the, the um, sign for God. I love that. Well, that's Lord, by the way, Lord. Now, Jesus, you might, some of you know this one already. You're going to do the scars in, your, in the wrists of Jesus. So you're going to go, Jesus. Jesus. That's cool, right? And uh, there's some other words that I really like, like glory. Oh, those, the, oh, the black church people, you're going to love this. You ready for glory? Glory. Oh, yeah. Glory. There we go. Um, miracles. Miracles. I, I imagine that God's doing this. Paw, paw, paw. So the, this is miracles. 
miracles. Well, what we're going to do is sing. If the, the, guy, the worship guys could come back. We're going to sing um, uh, what a beautiful name it is. And I'm just going to show you a few signs. That I need you back, darling. I'm sorry. A few signs so that you can put them in. Okay, so we, we, we know God. We know God already. So this is beautiful. It's really cool, but it's beautiful. Beautiful. You can tell someone, you're beautiful. Okay. And name is this, you know, do two fingers to your head and go like that, name. So beautiful name it is. And then it's the name of Jesus. There you go. You can do like a whole line of a song already. Um, and then it's the name, so the, the name of Jesus. Now Christ is like doing a, a back to front C. So we're going to do a C for Christ. Christ. And then our, and then king, imagine putting a, a crown on your head. Okay, so we had beautiful name, then it's a wonderful name, wonderful, a wonderful name, and then the last one, it's, it's a powerful name, oh yeah, a powerful name of Jesus. So, if you guys wouldn't mind singing, guys, I'm, I'm going to be looking out for you, I'd like to see a bit, of, a bit of signing going on from the congregation, if afterwards or during you've got something you want to pray about. If your life is not communicating the right message and you need prayer for something in your life, we'll pray for you. If you know that your words have have caused hurt and you know you need to repent or you need to say sorry, then do that. If you just want to get closer to God, guys, if you don't know Jesus, if you've been singing these songs and you don't actually know the Jesus we're banging on about today, oh, we'd love to lead you to him. We'd love to, to lead you to Jesus. So if you need prayer for anything, come to the front or speak to someone out there. Uh, we'd love to pray for you. Anyway, what a, what a beautiful name it is. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Comchurch Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.